Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And with my guest today, I hope I said last name right. Now you will correct me. Dan Kieferbach. You know that, Dan? Did I say it right? You did it perfectly, James. Great job. <laughs> I had to keep saying <laughs> it over and over in practice. <laughs> well, Dan, one, I want to appreciate you taking the time out today to be on the show. And, you know, like I said, we're just talking sports. Like we're sitting around having three, four, five beers, you know? Maybe six or seven. But now you're talking. You're getting excited. Well, I want to start off there, you know, um, football's starting to come back around. It's going to start up with training camps, and the draft is over with. They got the number one pick, the quarterback out. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, went to the Arizona Cardinal. Um, but let's start with um, in Vegas, they got the odds of the New England Patriots going to win a Super Bowl again. You know, they got them favored. What do you think about that? And um, do you think every year is going to be New England just because um, they, they're that team or they keep going back to football. What are your thoughts on that? You know, James, as a, uh, as a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, uh, unfortunately, I think those Patriots just, they keep on coming back for more. And each year, you know, they, they put them at the top of the heap. And each year I, I tell myself it's never going to happen, never going to happen. And somehow Tom Brady and, and the rest of the coaching staff come out with wins. Uh, you know, I'm really hoping that being in the Bills division, that maybe this is one of those stumbling block years for them. You know, young team, not as many threats on the outside. Uh, but, again, Tom Brady can just really pull out all the stops. So, um, I don't know. I'm hoping that the Buffalo Bills can, can maybe keep them down a peg, maybe bring them down to the second or third seed in the division, and, and uh, I don't know, hopefully knock them out of the playoffs. <laughs> Well, you said something interesting, Dan, because I say that too every year. I'm like, no, somebody got to get them, going to beat them. But let's go back, like you say, you're a Buffalo Bill fan. Every year they tell me, you know, you hear these people say it's hard to get back to Bowl, you know, the next year, you know, because it's hard to, you know, because everybody out to get you. Buffalo, remember that year Buffalo went back four times in a row and lost, you know, and it's just hard. But you got a team like, you know, when your Buffalo Bills were back, four times in a row. And uh, did you ever thought that Buffalo, you know, like you saying about New England, you know, they're not going to do it this year, and they end up going. Was that the same way when Buffalo did it for you, Dan? You know, I think a lot of it's about a culture of an area, and, and the Patriots have certainly established themselves with that culture of winning. You know, even coming back from behind, coming back from the major injuries last year, coming back from essentially a whole new team, there's just something about a culture that, you know, we are the New England Patriots and we're going to win um, that sort of permeates. And, you know, as a person from near the Buffalo area with the Buffalo Bills, it's, it's almost in some ways that flip side. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills have had the longest playoff drought of, I believe, any major sports team. Uh, I think it's had 23 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, oddly enough, you know, you've got this sort of feeling like you're a curse. You know, like you're the, you know, the Cubs or something like that, that we're never going to make it, that, you know, the playoffs is just sort of uh, just out of, out of reach. And each year, you know, I talk with my father, my brother, my grandfather, 
you know, this is their year. They're going to do it. You know, Josh Allen's going to be the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor's going to be the quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the quarterback. You know, all throughout the 2000s, and really it comes up the same thing. You know, there's a flash in the pan. They come out swinging. They win a couple games, four or five games, and then it seems like just some curse is over their head, and they can't get over that hump. So I'm I'm really hoping that Josh Allen uh, can stay healthy this season, and you know not juggling like six quarterbacks like we did last year. Uh, that maybe we can get some lockstep and and some forward momentum. Well, let's let's jump to Buffalo. Like you came and we talked about Buffalo, but you know, and I watched Buffalo. I followed them those years. I was hoping they would win, and it just seemed like like you say something happened that they lose the game. A kicker when he went and let the, the kick, and they only need that to win. Or, but why can't Buffalo get it together? I mean, the organization was a winning organization, but it seemed like, like you said, they're getting all these bum quarterbacks, you know, and can't get other players in there, you know, just not winning no more. How do how do an organization, because you more with Buffalo follow them than me, and um, I'm only following them now because Josh Allen played, you know, at my school, um, University of Wyoming, but how do an organization can't get it together and come back to be a winner, Dan? Well, you know, with, with Buffalo, and, and I've been watching them since I was, you know, five years old. My grandfather is a huge Buffalo Bills fan. It's really one of the major uh, points of my family that keeps everybody sort of, you know, ready and amped up each Sunday to watch them play. I think there's a major uh, push always in Buffalo for defense. You know, we're a defensive team. We're going to stack up our, our, our you know, uh, rush defense or stack up, uh, you know, uh, Super Mario, uh, one of the highest played players on the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, that's always this defensive push. And if, and if you notice throughout the NFL, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show before, but, you know, we talk about the rise of the sort of CEO quarterbacks, um, you know, high flying teams, the, uh, the Packers, the Patriots, the, um, the Broncos. Well, I guess the Broncos had some issues the last couple of years. Um, but really teams that are allowed to let it fly, you know, that can throw the ball 20, 30, 40 yards down the field are the most successful teams. Um, and defense is obviously a huge, you know, the staple. Um, but I just feel like we've, we've run a new era of the NFL and the Bills are kind of stuck in, in this old school mentality. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are one of the founding teams of the NFL. Um, you know, so you've got this 60-year mm. heritage of smash-mouth football. You know, uh, look at LaShawn McCoy, uh, you know, mm. number one rusher on the Buffalo Bills, really the only weapon that they have on offense and has been for the last couple of years. I mean, he touches the ball, uh, I don't know, one out of every three plays, something like that, which is, which is fantastic when you've got such a, a talented player. But LaShawn McCoy is 31 years old. You know, there's, there's, there's a point where, as a team, you're going to have to spread the ball around. You're going to have to create some space in the air before that ground game works nicely for you. So I think that's the major shift um, from a defensive mentality to an offensive mentality. And actually, this year, with the draft, I think the Bills did a, did a good job of spreading out their salary cap. Um, it looks like pretty much they've spent equally on their offense as well as the defense, which in years past, that's not the case. So I think that's a start. You know, they got to start putting money into players uh, that can grow with the team. You know, the, the Zay Joneses, um, you know, Cole Beasley coming from uh, Dallas, you know, some of these really good slot receivers, some options for Josh Allen. 
I think they need to build from the offense and, and then work their way down to the defense and then towards special teams as opposed to historically where it's sort of been the other way around. Um, but I, I do love, you know, talking about Josh Allen, and, and I'm, I'm talking about him now because I know that, you know, you went to the University of Wyoming, so you're alma mater, and uh, you guys have some things in common. You know, Josh Allen went to junior college uh, before making his way over to Wyoming. I know you did the same thing. So I think he's, you know, coming out of high school, he's shown that, all right, maybe the first year is a stumbling block. You know, maybe I didn't make it to a D1 team directly out of school, uh, out of uh, high school, and yet, you know, the following year, drafted by Wyoming, takes him to a title, takes him to two bowl games. Um, so I think he's the kind of player that can have a rough first season, uh, can have an injured shoulder, for, or excuse me, an elbow for four games, um, can share the share the helm with, you know, Derek Henderson, Matt Barkley, A.J. McCarron, and I think even at one point, LaShawn McCoy started as a quarterback, um, and, and come back out second year, sophomore year, you know, learning from a new system, you know, getting the feel of the NFL, and really creating a franchise quarterback that the Bills can, can create a team around. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of, I really like LaShawn McCoy, but I think like you said, he's getting the ball away too much, you know, and it's going to burn him out, you know, his age. And, and as you know, the running back, it's not that many years they can keep taking that beating. And um, and like you said, I had a friend um, tell me uh, the play, he said it takes a quarterback three years really in the NFL to be a really an NFL quarterback. So those first three years, they're going to struggle. And it's a rare that they have a good year like a Ben, you know, first year come in and, but um, Dan, how did you how did you feel? You know, let's stay on Buffalo. You know, because I kind of like you know this subject because I can't understand how that program, you know, with the owners and them winning, that it's tough for them to get back at least get in off playoff positions every year. But how did you feel when Antonio Brown was going to get traded? That he said he didn't want to play at Buffalo. What did you feel about that? Because I thought that would have been really big for Josh Allen. How did you feel about that, Dan? You know. Uh... So my reaction is kind of twofold to something like that. I mean, the, the first thing is, of course, I agree. I mean, Antonio Brown is just a tremendous weapon. You know, talk about a game-changing player that by himself could have really tipped the scales 10%, 20% production on offense. Um, but, you know, I unfortunately don't think that that's an uncommon reaction with players that are dra- that are potentially drafted to Buffalo, you know, whether directly out of out of college or being traded from other teams, you know, I think it's, it's first off, let's face it, you know, Buffalo, New York is, it's cold in the wintertime, you know, one of the coldest uh, uh, teams that, or, or cities that have a football team. Uh, a lot of players aren't used to that, you know, playing in a couple inches of snow, coming out on a negative 10 degree day, uh, fans needing to come out and shovel off the stadium, you know, that's, that's tough, especially if you play down in the South. You come from Florida, you come from Texas. You know, you're used to playing uh, big stadiums with, you know, beautiful weather, and now you've got to come to some cold area up north. Uh, you know, that I can't imagine a lot of players are chomping at the bit for that. You know, I'm sure New York City or, or L.A. or, I don't know, San Diego, any of these major cities that have uh, got big population centers, are probably a little bit more attractive for these players. Um, I think kind of what we've been talking about, that 23-year playoff drought. You know, even if you're a fantastic player, you're, you're an Antonio Brown who may have an, only a, you know, 
I don't know, a smattering more years left in your career. You know, even if you spend a year or two in Buffalo, that that could be big. You know, an injury could take you out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just you just get surpassed. You know, you're in in your prime, and I think it's like any other player in their prime. They're looking for their legacy. They're looking to set you know a record, win a Super Bowl, hit a playoff berth. You know, to be the best player that they can be. And and I think, unfortunately, Buffalo's just kind of rolling the ball uphill. They're you know rolling the rock uphill. Um, and then my last reaction is, you know, I think what's going to ultimately be the, the changing point for the Buffalo Bills is a cohesive team that that is more of a focus on a team play as opposed to a superstar play. Um, I think that that's how you create a, a building team from somebody who's kind of on the bottom and work your way up, you know, that having a superstar or two that may have uh, – you know, ideas about what their needs are that may think of themselves first that command, you know, much higher salary cap and frankly that that have an attitude where they're, you know, I don't want to be here. I guess as a, as a fan, I got to say, you know, if you don't want to be there, then I don't kind of want you to be on my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this then. Let's take our first break and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Buffalo. I got, uh, where I want to go to the defensive side. So this is James Loving and Dan. Keith Robot will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're 
you're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Bubby, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my guy Dan talking Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, uh, one of those teams that was um, like the New England Patriots, always winning and, you know, great players, and now they just took a dive, but hopefully they're coming back, you know. Dan, I want to talk about your defense. I got another Wyoming alumni guy on there, and, um, Eddie Yarbrough. How do you think your defense looking? How do we look on that defense? Well, the first thing, you know, I would be uh, a terrible Bills fan if I didn't first start off with uh, with Kyle Williams. <laughs> you know, the uh, that position, essentially, at the retirement of Kyle Williams, I think he was on the Bills for, I don't know, I, I don't know off the top of my head, maybe the last 13, 14 seasons as their, as their center. Um, as a huge loss to Buffalo. I mean, uh, really, the, the defense has been the saving grace for all of 2018 um, and really, for the last couple of decades, um, last year I think they only gave up like 374 points, something like that, which puts them uh, kind of in the middle of the road as far as the uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, as compared to the offensive. Well, it was just, I think it was like 28 out of 32 teams as far as the point differential, um, and the loss of Kyle Williams is going to be a really big, oh, really big shoes to fill. Um, but the, the first round draft pick, uh, defensive tackle at Oliver, um, I think was a really great move on Bill's part. Um, you know, starting from that centerpiece, that keystone, somebody who's solid, who showed great promise in, in college days, um, to come in and, and, and start from there and work their way out. Um, I, you know, I think that as much as I'd like to see some improvements on, on showing up the defense and special teams, um, I still would. I still almost would prefer them take some of that salary cap money, uh, you know, keep their defense sort of where it's at, and and start pushing it towards the offensive side of the ball. Because really, I think defensively, their their run defense was was pretty stellar, uh, and historically, the the cornerbacks position for the Buffalo Bills have been some of the best in the league. Um, you know, so so really focusing on taking some of that salary cap money and pushing towards the offense is, is something that I'd like to see. So basically, you saying is you know, your defense is kind of not the problem. It's your offense. I mean, um, I mean y'all that quarterback that y'all had, um, Dan. I can't think of his name that came in there had five interceptions. What what is his name? Start with a P. Last name. Uh, oh, oh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, Nathan Peterman. Oh, why did? <laughs> That was, I mean, that was, I, I did not <laughs> go ahead. Dave. Honestly, that, that was a heartbreaking moment. I mean, cause here you got, you know, you got AJ McCarron who, uh, you know, comes out swinging and the preseason, you know, really the first four preseason games looked, looked decent, was spreading the ball, um, was able to get space, you know, he gets injured in, in the preseason, uh, game two, and then sort of exacerbates the injury on in game four. Um, and, and so basically it's out for the whole season and, and actually AJ McCarron this year, I believe was traded to the Texans. I think he's back. He's, he's the backup for the Texans. So now you bring in, you know, you bring in Josh Allen, 
Josh Allen gets injured, uh, misses four games in a row. They bring in Nathan Peterman, the backup, and you're right, throws four interceptions almost back-to-back-to-back. You know, talk about three quarterbacks in a row, really just just really can't get anything going. And, and, you know, that's the player that's touching the ball the most. And and if you don't know uh, that style of play, you know, these are untested quarterbacks, you know, how, how can you start building a team and building a season if, if you have no idea that there's, there's five different quarterbacks that are at the helm? I mean, luckily, Derek Anderson, who started one game last year, uh, actually just retired, I think, 5-9, yeah, the ninth of May. He ended up, uh, he's retired now from the NFL. But the person that really, I thought, one of the really great spots on the roster was Matt Barkley. And I don't know if you remember this, James, but Matt Barkley... Um, had been put on injured reserve and was essentially uh, released from the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. hadn't hadn't started the game in two years. You know, had had been sort of very injury prone. Um, wasn't really much of a superstar at all. Maybe started a few games in the NFL. Um, after Nathan Peterman gets injured, their Bills are essentially are through three quarterbacks right now. Don't have anybody that they can go to. Called Matt Barkley, who was like. I think work in construction or doing something totally just sort of mundane on October 31st, they bring him in for the next Sunday game. Dude hadn't started in, in, uh, in two years comes out. I think he threw, uh, two or three touchdowns. Um, and I think they ended up beating the jets 41 to zero. I mean, talk about just like, you know, that, that win in the lottery. You know, I, uh, I'm done with my career's over with. I've got this game-changing injury. Wow. Comes out like the replacements, you know, that movie with, uh, with Keanu Reeves as like the freaking game of his life. And the Bills find him. I mean, he's, he, he'll be with the Bills until 2020 as their backup behind Josh Allen. And this, I mean, hopefully Josh Allen stays, uh, stays healthy. But, I mean, Matt Barkley's got like a, a second or third chance at life. Uh, that's game-changing. Yeah, those USC players, I'm not too fond of them because um, they had that big, <laughs> you know, and they come in the NFL and they're all just horrible, you know. And I just think USC players are uh, overrated, you know. So I hope Matt Barkley at least stay, you know, a backup, you know. But, but, but this, you, this is why my, do you think that question. is? Well, I think it's so much hype on that school and they say all these players, you know, their first year they NFL ready. And I think they're not, you know. Um, look, they had the one receiver, Williams. Um, they had um, the guy that went to the Bears, the left-hand guy, quarterback. I can't think of his name offhand. He was horrible. You just see all the players coming in. It's like one of those high schools that, you know, everybody there, they go going to the NFL. And then I think they get there. They're not really ready for the NFL, and they just flop out, you know. It's just one of those schools that just the players just don't. And I think Reggie Bush probably the only one I think that stayed longer in the NFL. Do you know anybody else that went to USC that stayed longer than Reggie Bush? No, actually, actually, not off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody. But I, I guess that makes yeah. sense. You know, you're you're from a winning school, big school. You know, maybe you think you're going to waltz into the NFL and you know yeah. just become a superstar. And you know, I guess maybe some of these players aren't ready to put the work in. Matt Liner, that's the quarterback. Yeah, he was horrible. I mean, just look at the names of all the players. They don't be in the NFL one, maybe one year, two, you know. So I just think USC, you know, just 
And now you see that program now, they're not winning. So, you know, I think it's starting to be, you know, exposed now, you know. But then this is my next question for Buffalo. Buffalo has a salary cap, but they seem to can't get those players. That You know, why is that? You know, because they got the money to play some good players to come over, and that program was a winning program for Buffalo. Why do you think that is? You know, the weather or, you know, um, or the owners just don't want to put the money in? Why do you think, Dan? Yeah, uh, you're right. The salary cap is there. I think it's like $86 million. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along there, which you know, I guess as far as uh, fairly middle of the road, as far as NFL teams are concerned, um, I you know it's a small it's a small community. You know, Buffalo compared to a lot of these other teams doesn't have a lot of exposure in, in other markets. I mean, Buff, you, really, if you look at you know where Buffalo Buffalo Bills encapsulates, I mean, because you've got three teams in New York alone. You know, you've got the Jets. And you've got the Giants, despite the fact that both of them have had their woes over the past couple of decades. And I, I do not envy, you know, Giants or Jets fans. But, you know, you've got New York City, seven, eight million people down there. So, you know, that's more than half the population in New York that's, that, you know, in those market spaces. And then, you know, Western, Western and, and Northern New York, where Buffalo sort of encapsulates, you know, you've got Syracuse, you've got Utica, you've got Rome. Um, you've got Albany, you know, you've got sort of these rust belt towns along the Erie Canal, you know, mid-sized cities, uh, but that's your target market. I mean, that's, that's, those are the people that are coming to watch you play. Uh, I, I don't think, so the, the Buffalo Bills haven't been on, I don't think Sunday Night Football, last time they were on Sunday Night Football was like 2007. Um, actually, this year they're going to be playing for Thanksgiving against the Dallas Cowboys. But that hasn't happened since I think '94 or '95 is the last time they played on Thanksgiving. So you know they're not on this national stage. They're not playing the Sunday night footballs, the Monday night footballs. They're not on the game of the week. Um, you know, being an East Coast team, they start earlier. Um, you know, uh, it's always at one o'clock or so one o'clock. So you're missing a lot of. You know, I think the later games definitely have. Uh, people are coming home on a Sunday. You know they're ready to tune in. So you you know your target your target market is very small. And then if you talk northeast of that, you've got New England, Boston, sort of all, and and you've got this winning team that that has won what six Super Bowls over the course of the last twenty two years. So I think you know that eats up a lot of the air in the room. Like people that are in that area, you, you want to root for a winning team. So for sure, you're young, you're trying to pick out, oh, who, who am I rooting for? You know, you, you don't want to go with heartbreak. You want to go with, uh, oh, I want to go with a team that's, you know, always victorious. So I think, yeah. I think as far as the legacy of players and who they want to play in front of, I mean, there's, there's just a lot more people to watch you if you're a superstar in San Diego, in L.A., in New York, in San Francisco, in Dallas, versus kind of a small local team that has a very solid fan base, but a very small fan base. But with that said, you know, I think that there's, maybe with the exception of like the Bears, or not the Bears, or the Browns, or, you know, some of these other Great Lakes Rust Belt teams, um, you know, these ardent fans who are out there and like, negative 20 degree weather 
who are like you're talking about your buddy who's just out there without a shirt on, you know, face painted, yeah. six beers deep. Yeah. You know, even though the team's down by three touchdowns, you know, they, these are the fans that are out there and and coming game in, game out. So I, I really hope that that core, you know, keeps the team in Buffalo because a few years ago there was there was talk uh, after Ralph Wilson died who owned the Buffalo Bills essentially since their, their inception, you know, for 40, 50 years. Um, there was talk of, of the family possibly selling to a, to a different location. Toronto was a big one. I know there was like a whole lot of hubbub. You know, John Bon Jovi was talking about maybe buying the team. Um, and there was genuine fear in Buffalo uh, because, you know, you have a small market. You've only got two major sports teams. You got the Buffalo Sabres and you got the Buffalo Bills. There's no, there's no major basketball teams in the area to speak of, um, as far as uh, really any other sports other than, than hockey and, and football. That's kind of what puts Buffalo on the map. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of that team leaving, I think, really broke, <laughs> potentially broke a lot of hearts. So I'm really glad to see them stay. Um, but in, but as this drought gets longer, you know, as this playoff drought gets longer, I think almost in a really weird way, it heart, you know, the fans become more super fans. You know, it, it's almost like this badge of honor in a way that you've, you've, you've put, put in two, three decades without anything coming out of it, and yet it's like this test of manhood, right? You're, you can put up with anything and, and keep on kicking. And so I, I, think, I know that's what keeps me going as a fan. You know that it's, it's in in the family. You know, I, I live in I live in Colorado. My brother lives in Florida. My uncle lives in Connecticut. Um, my father lives in in upstate New York. You know, but Buffalo Bills are on. It's sort of that reminder of home, reminder of upstate New York. So I think with all that said, I I, I still don't see Buffalo Bills fans hanging their heads too much. That hope is still always there that uh, this is going to be their year. Well, Dan, let's take our next break, and then we'll come back. We're going to finish this about the Buffalo Bills and where you're going to see them and um, with that winning, the, the schedule they had this year and what do you see them doing. So this is James and Dan, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you 
you're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my buddy Dan, the Buffalo Bills fan. Hey, that rhyme. I ain't know how to rhyme. But Dan, <laughs> Dan, like I said again, I want to appreciate you um, being on the show, again, taking the time out. And like I said, um, I'm learning a little bit about Buffalo. I had stopped following them, you know. Uh, but now, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, one of my Josh Allen on there, and um, it's kind of interesting, you know, to see him, uh, you know, um, how he's going to do, you know. Uh, first year, had a little struggle, but I think he's learning. So we'll see. But then my question was to Buffalo Bills again. Is it, um, uh, I'm sorry I didn't do my homework and look at the schedule. There's one of the teams, like I said, only certain teams I look at the schedule. That's my Eagles, see who they're going to be playing. But, um, I don't know if you know the schedule, but y'all first four games, what do you see you guys at? One and three, two and three, or, and then tell us the teams and tell us, you know, why you think y'all can take that game or y'all might lose that game. Um, go ahead there. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to peel it back just a little bit to Josh Allen real quick, and then I'll get on to the okay. next game uh, because I think I think you brought up, you know, I, I just wanted to get into that a little bit. So, you know, Josh Allen obviously started a lot this past year. Um, I think his completion percentage was something that was like the bottom of the NFL like or near bottom, like 33rd or something like that, you know, completion percentage of like 50%, something ridiculous like that. But Josh Allen's 22 years old. You know, this is his second season in the NFL. He's 6'5", 238 pounds. Um, really, when he was starting, he started, he started 11 games or played in 11 games last year. You know, the Bills went 5-6 and six with, his, with his record as a rookie starter with a, you know, a poor offensive line, with some offensive weapons that are still young, you know, uh, so not a lot of help for, for a young quarterback. And and so even with the, that la- those lack of weapons, a five and six record. I mean, to me as a Bills fan, that is that's something to really hang your hat on and, and really hope for. Um, you know, I was, I was I was doing my little bit of research before we came, we came on, and I was just I was just kind of amazed because Josh Allen is known for for running, and I think a lot of that is because he doesn't have much of an offensive line to hold up the structure. So he's you know scrambling much like Tyrod Taylor did before him. Uh, but I found out he's the first quarterback in NFL history to run for more than 95 yards for three-week span um, as a rookie. So you know, average his first three weeks, or first excuse me, for three weeks in a row, he's running for 95 yards. I mean, talk about a player that's going to make something happen. You know, even if you've got the walls falling down around you, um, that kind of that kind of footwork is something that that has led to. You know, evolution in, in other quarterbacks. Look at Cam Newton, you know, started out as, as the player that just, you know, sort of made distance with his feet. And now, you know, at a couple of years in the, NFL, in the NFL, he's learned to sit in the pocket. He's, he's, you know, looked to rely more on his arm. And I think that's something that Josh Allen's going to do over the next couple of years, especially with a better, you know, offensive line. Um, he also set the record for the Buffalo Bills who longest rookie touchdown, uh, over 75 yards. Uh, Again, 
that just shows he's looking downfield at 6'5", you know, seeing over all those players coming at you. He can make those big plays down the field. And, of course, you know, when you talk about Buffalo, you have to talk about Jim Kelly, right? I mean, he's the right. legendary oh, yeah. quarterback, the, you know, the man who brought the Buffalo Bills four AFC championships back to back to back to back. You know, even though his success rate in the, uh, in the Super Bowl wasn't so great, uh, he's really a transformative figure in Buffalo. And, and really, during the heyday of the Buffalo Bills, he's one of those guys that just really was a bell cow. Um, but his, his first five seasons with the Buffalo Bills, he didn't throw any passes over 30 yards. I mean, you know, that's starting off as a, as a, uh, uh, secondary quarter, second string quarterback, and then moving up to a first string quarterback. But still, I mean, five, first five seasons in the NFL, you're not throwing down down the lane. And Josh Allen, in a relatively short period of time, is able to surpass that. Um, you know, look at I was trying to compare him to other quarterbacks in, in the NFL to see kind of like where his competition might be at. You know, Aaron Rodgers is always the top of the heap. Uh, you know, one of the best passer ratings in the in the NFL. Um, similar body structures, Aaron Rodgers and uh, and Josh Allen, but his, I was looking at his pass rating in his rookie year and his and his second year at the NFL. I mean, he was his pass rating was about a forty percent in two thousand five and a forty eight percent in two thousand six. So his first and second seasons in the NFL. Granted, Josh Allen didn't do much better with a fifty three percent passer rating, but what I'm getting at is, you know, this is these are. Hall of Fame quarterbacks who, uh, you know, started off with with difficulty and had to grow into their own. So, I mean, if you're looking at those as your as, as my comparison level, you know, I think that Josh Allen really can grow into that position. Um, as far as the hey Dan, so the kind of Dan, real yep. quick, Dan, not, not to cut you off, but real quick, Troy Aikman, he only won one game his first year. Remember that. Troy Aikman, and what season was this? Is like in the mid nineties, maybe he, late nineties. Yeah, remember when he came to Dallas his first year? He won one game. He was one in fifteen, and then the next year he, you know, what I'm saying. So you are right what you're saying with the quarterbacks and how they come in at Josh Allen. I just wanted to tell you that, just to let you know that, and Troy Aikman's a Hall of Famer, you know. Exactly. Oh my God! I mean, I think what two or three. Two or three uh, Super Bowls, maybe with uh, Emmett Smith yeah. and Moose Johnson and all those guys. Right. So you are right what you're saying with your about the quarterback and Josh. You know, just that's a good record for him as a first year. Exactly. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's obviously room for improvement, and and, and I know that there's a lot of young quarterbacks. Right. I think for the draft this year, there a lot of teams were are looking for looking for something to build teams around, and. Um, so, you know, everybody's going to be struggling together. Not every one of these young quarterbacks is going to come out to be the next Troy Aikman or the next Aaron Rodgers or the next Jim Kelly. Uh, but I think that the pedigree is there. The physical stature is there. Um, you know, the timing is right for this to be, you know, him to be a franchise quarterback. As far as the schedule is concerned, um, yeah, the Buffalo, so the Buffalo Bills have one of the easier um, – one of the easier schedules for for the NFL this year, which is which is huge to find out early in the season. Um, obviously, the difficulty is always in the Patriots. You know, in the division, you've got the Patriots, and the Buffalo Bills haven't been to the playoffs since 1999. I don't know if you remember sort of the Music City Miracle. Uh, uh, Buffalo was up. Uh, time expires. 
the Tennessee Titans, I think it was like an 85 or 90-yard uh, just series of laterals all the way down the field, ended up scoring a touchdown with no time left on the clock, knocked the Bills out of playoff, um, out of the playoffs, and they have yet to return. Well, in 2000, so the next year after that, that was that was Tom Brady's first year in the NFL. Um, so since Tom Brady and sort of the, the rise of this, this Patriot uh, uh, dynasty, you know, that having them in your division to compete with each year, you know, you're, you know that you're going to see them at least twice, twice each year. Those are really tough games to have to, to have to stomach and have to look forward to. But on the flip side, you know, you've got the Jets and the Miami Dolphins in your division. That, uh, those are teams that are extremely beatable. I mean, last year and this year, I think, I think in point differential in the NFL, the Bills were like 28th out of 32 teams, but I think the Jets and the Dolphins are actually lower as far as their point differential. So, you know, amount of offensive points minus the number of points that are given up by a, by a team. So on the flip side, you know, the Bills have no excuse if they lose to the Jets and the Dolphins because, you know, in their division, they've got the opportunity to always be in the second seed, and that doesn't necessarily always, always take place. Um, but as far as the as far as the game, you know, after the, the preseason, I think that they're going to get off to a great start with the Jets. That's their that's their non uh, the in September. Um, that is a that's a great way to set the precedent for the whole season. You know, you're you're coming out the Jets team with a new brand new quarterback that has had essentially crap seasons for the last oh God I don't know probably even decade. You know. Starting, starting strong against the Jets, then moving to the Giants, and then to the Bengals. So, I mean, really, your first three games are, are entirely winnable games, the first two especially, yeah. um, before you hit the Patriots in week four. So I just think that that initial momentum is going to be so key. You know, you come out, you win against the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals. Yeah, you're coming to the Patriots in week four, but you've got your legs underneath you. You've got that momentum. You can smell a win, and, and I think – that is the most important thing is, is, is coming out those first couple games. It's key. Let's do this. Take our last break. When we come back, we'll let you uh, talk a little bit more about your schedule. Then we got to uh, get your take. I got a, a question for you. See how you answer. But this is James and Dan, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking whitetail habitat solutions. Joining us is Lee and Tiffany Lukoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany, plus Gordon Whittington, editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Finally, Austin Matheny, a contestant on the Brigade Race to the Hudson. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and my guest. Kind of interesting when you get to talking and um, you find out different things about your guest, which is amazing. You know, I didn't know that um, he played soccer and also coaches. So uh, we definitely gonna get him back on the show and talk soccer. One sport I never talked about on this show because I didn't know nothing about it, but now I got an expert. And also we gonna get him back on when the Buffalo Bills um, during the season, see how they're doing to get a follow up. Well, but damn, that's pretty interesting. I definitely love to have you back on to talk soccer. James, I would absolutely love that. You, uh, you get you get me going. I, I'm kind of a motor mouth. I could talk forever. <laughs> That's what I like. I, I like you know the, the guests to talk and get it out there because it's not the Melissa don't want to hear me. They want to hear you know my guests and hear what they got to say and their great opinion and what they're doing. So I'm I'm really shocked because my granddaughter's in um, soccer and uh, she loves it and um, I just didn't. I just think and um, you you might know this better than me. That that sport right there, you got to be really fit and in shape because that's the most running and activity I've seen in any sport. Is it not, Dan? I mean, I'm I'm sure there's other sports out there that might be uh, comparable or or maybe just a little bit tougher. But you know, I of all the sports that I've played, soccer from a long distance running perspective is uh, is tough to be matched. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll get you back on the show and do that. But let's let's get back to Buffalo. You know, we only got about eight some minutes. Um, um, my first thing is uh, my question to you is: if Buffalo don't have that season that y'all think y'all should have with you know the most with the wins, uh, y'all have would you call it a failure or would you call it another year that y'all just um, trying to get it together? And do you think only reason why y'all would become when do we have to just have a drop off? You know, do you think so? What do you think, Dan? You know, the first thing I would say is is after a while, you know, as a as a as a fan of any sports team that's had their uh, their ups, well, they're really their downs for a long period of time. You know, I've, I've got a pretty big callus, pretty thick skin, and I and it's it's one of those things that, from a personal perspective, you know, is 
is part of sort of my connection with my family, part of my connection with my grandfather. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to turn my back and walk away from the bills, even if they do go, you know, 0 and 16 for the whole year. Um, and with that said, I'm sure that there's a lot of Buffalo fans that after, if they don't make it to the playoffs or at least don't have a, you know, a 500 season, I mean, let's, let's, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Uh, that may feel otherwise and may sort of, uh, you know, go home and, and tear up all their Buffalo Bills merchandise and decide to switch teams. Um, but for me as a fan, you know, I, I'll still rock my colors proudly and I'll still, uh, still be supportive of the team, even, even from across the country, you know, um, I know that both in, in Florida, where our brother is and where I am here in Colorado, you know, we both have Bills backers bars and these Bills backers bars are over, all over the country. So I think that that sort of speaks to the fact that there is, you know, despite all the problems and issues and concerns, uh, that people that move away from Buffalo or that surrounding area are still, you know, still pretty ardent fans after all these years. And as far as New England needing to fall off, you know, I, I'm i a little surprised. I don't necessarily want to turn this into a talk on Tom Brady, but I'm a little surprised after the Super Bowl that he has decided that he, I think he mentioned that he was going to play for another two years. Um, you know, going out on top, I would think, would be where you'd want to be. But at the same time, I'm not Tom Brady, nor will ever be. So, <laughs> I guess the man can make whatever that decision he wants, and that's fine. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's in I always at 41, 42 years old, you know, a seasoned veteran. But there is an end point to all this, you know. There's there's got to be a point where uh, the magic the magic uh, can't last forever. So I I think that uh, I think that this year, you know, coming after the the play, uh, excuse me, the Super Bowl win, I hope they let their guard down. I hope that you know in the off season that they weren't necessarily training as hard as they needed to be. Um, I know that they lost Gronkowski or losing Gronkowski, talk losing Gronkowski, um, and they're just undergoing seismic shifts as a team. And so I think I think this will facilitate the rise of the Buffalo Bills if if the Patriots kind of have a build year or. Or uh, a rebound year. Well, then I, I totally agree with you. I think um, y'all should be able to beat Miami. They got a lot of things. They starting on with the Jets. Got a you know rookie quarterback, and you know I think those teams like that, y'all should be able to you know win those games. So I'm looking forward to like you and seeing you know, and I definitely uh, want to see New England get beat. So I'm looking for teams like Buffalo start coming back up, and you know, and the Jets get back in there where they were at that winning program, or you know, and you know, just to get other teams in there, you get tired of seeing the same team. So, I'm looking forward to like Buffalo. You know, up there with you too, Dan. So, but Dan, I definitely want to thank you again for being on the show. And like I said, uh, I'm gonna get with you. I'm gonna talk soccer. You know, because it's something that'd be interesting for me to learn. And I'm sure my listeners will be, you know, willing to learn too about it. So, glad to have you back on, Dan. Thanks so much, James. I really appreciate uh, your time and uh, your listeners' time, and I look forward to returning. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry. James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Oh, 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 oh,